pure hydration for your thirsty mind. The soul is parched, but here come Kid Midas and Long John Silver. Carrying, oh, what's that? Two huge buckets of liquid knowledge? Refreshing, clean mountain spring catchphrases and jokes to slake your thirst. You've been traveling through the desert of political podcasting for too long, my friend, hallucinating oases and pools of water with every turn of your scraggly head. But now you see over the horizon two figures looming before you, advancing slowly, steadily, with the swagger of proven winners in podcast world. That's right, it's those, it's those... Fuck, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's, it's those bloviating Bedouins. Kid Midas, the original camel rider. And Long John's silver teapot where liquid comes out of it from it. Uh, and the oasis that you've stumbled upon is a little known spot called Election Profit Makers. It's a love shack where we can uh, get together, speaking and listening to words of wisdom from time gone by. Yesterday's knowledge for today's context. The best of both worlds, past, present, and future. That's three worlds in one, my friend. It's called a triple-decker, and you might as well be Dagwood because you're about to take a huge, juicy, greasy chomp right out of this midnight sandwich. My name is Kid Midas, the original wave rider, and I'm joined on the live and Hey, David. Hi. <laughs> hey. What am I supposed to say after all that? That what a great introduction, you know. Thanks. I still have all the remnants of uh, you know, our our live watch party that we did the other day when we uh for our patrons. I've got all of the liquids that you brought here. So yeah, plenty of hydration to be had. That's great. Yeah. When we did our uh close encounters of the third kind watch party, I brought I brought John. I'm trying to turn John in I'm basically like a water dealer. I'm trying to turn John into a enthusiast for fine water. So I brought him some Pellegrino water. Right. That's a great water. What else do, what else is left over there in the studio? Uh, coconut water. Coconut water. Yep. Core hydration. Core hydration. Crucial if you want to hydrate your core. Maybe something called eternal yeah, that was the one I drank. Eternal okay. alkaline infused water. Yeah. Just the way nature intended. Water for everyone. Gatorade. That's sort of a formal water. And now John has reverted to form and he's drinking red Gatorade Zero. Yeah. Only the Zero. The others have lots of too much sugar in them. Oh, all right. Yeah. I thought you liked sugar because don't you drink five hour energy and isn't that just like sugar? No, it doesn't have any sugar in it. It doesn't? I don't think so. How do they make it palatable? Uh, I, I don't know. Moving on. Boy, this is going to be a big wet one when it comes to hydration, guys. There's so much to talk about this week. Let's dive straight into the deep end. Believe it or not, we're recording this on Monday, the 31st of October, which means that a week from tomorrow, John, we're going to have the 2020 midterm elections. Mm. It's finally happening. So next week, instead of our podcast coming out on its usual Tuesday morning, it will be coming out on Thursday morning. Because we will be recording on Wednesday after the election to talk about the aftermath, the bloodbath. 
Talk about all the money I'm about to win. Yeah, Ray. Uh, yeah. Just talk about everything that happened because if we record on our regular time, then it'll just be a week and then it'll just be old news. So, John, let's turn our attention to next week's midterms. They've been in the news quite a bit recently in terms of analyses and polls and breaking events and all types of stuff. And when I look at my predicted portfolio, well, <laughs> the phrase YOLO comes to mind. <laughs> My portfolio value, let's see, I have well over $600 invested and I am down over $150. There's nothing but red mm. in every single market except for Pennsylvania governor's race. I'm up $7, but everything else, I'm down in every single market except which party will win the Pennsylvania governor's race. I'm down $40 in the North Carolina Senate race. I'm down $4 in Ohio Senate. I'm down $4 in Texas governor. I'm down a buck fifty in Arizona. I'm down 4 in Georgia Senate. And then I'm down, then I'm $40 down on which party will win the Pennsylvania Senate race. And I'm down $30 in balance of power after the 2022 midterms. Oh my goodness, John, how's your portfolio looking? Uh, I'm down in everything except for the Georgia Senate race. YOLO! Yeah, a big NC next to gain, which is no change, not North Carolina. Or no cap, or not cool. Now, unlike you, I also have no liquidity. I have 12 cents that I could invest. Oh, I don't have any liquidity either. I only have eight cents. Oh, you finished investing? Yeah, I'm all in. I'm $500 in right now. All in Georgia? No, in Nevada and Pennsylvania and Georgia, Ohio. But I'm down in everything except for Georgia. Uh, Yeah, I'm getting killed in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is truly stunning. Well, it's not over yet. I know. I have to say, John, let's just take a little breather here and just talk like two old friends. Oh, I just got a text from Sherry Beasley. Oh, shit. What's she Sherry say? Sherry Beasley here. North Carolina is tied. Yeah, it probably is. Um, but we're being outspent. I'm personally asking you, please donate before our last deadline. Should I? Of course. You have to, dude. Okay. All right. It's Sherry Beasley. Do it right now while I talk. Well, John makes one final donation to the Sherry Beasley campaign in the amount of $20,000. Yeah. That... Payable entirely at NFTs. Okay. Of, of funny monkeys. I want to say that although my position looks really bad right now, there's a lot of red on my screen. New York Times front page uh, story this morning is about the race tightening and key battleground states and blah, blah, blah. I kind of think, and I have to say, in spite of the doom and gloom, Maybe this is because I'm no longer on Twitter, so my mind isn't infected with hysteria and pessimism. I kind of think the Democrats are going to keep the Senate. I'm not going to. I'm not going to move my position. Uh, okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go buck wild in my passivity. I'm with you. I'm ride or die at this one. I'm not not uh, not switching anything. It's just going to be a complete loss or a complete gain. Right now, Republicans controlling the Senate after the election on Predicted is trading at seventy two cents. See, I think that's off. I don't think that's reflecting reality. And you, where, where do you think reality is? What what Nate Silver says at 538? I don't listen to that booger eater. What is he saying over at boogersaredelicious.net? Yeah, well, over at 538, he now has it as, uh, quote unquote, dead heat. And he still has the Democrats at 51% likely to control the Senate. Okay. But it's fifty one forty nine. So it's got it's it seems that the five thirty eight projections have come more in line with the prediction markets. It's moved a little slower. Yeah, but there's still not. I mean, not for the not for this particular market, Republican Senate. No, 
but before it was way out of ma- out of whack. Before right. he had it like two thirds likely that the Democrats were going to control the Senate. At least at this point, he he now has it as a toss up. I kind of think that from now on, for the rest of American political history, as long as that lasts, every election will just be a toss up because the nation is more or less evenly divided, and nobody pays attention to anything. So every election is kind of going to be a coin flip, right? Maybe. I really don't understand why I'm not more stressed out about all of this. Mm, I think it's just when you're in a lot of pain, you know, your endorphins kick in. You're saying that I'm not in pain or I am in pain and so I I can't- No, you're in pain. It's like, you know, if a shark bites your arm off. And you're like, this actually isn't so bad. Yeah. Because you're tripping on endorphins. You're rushing. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you're recognizing that it's the end of democracy potentially and you are in a lot of pain, but- Oh, but the endorphins have so. kicked in and they're telling you, you're okay. You know, it's like when you're going down in a plane, you're just, they give you oxygen. So you'll just accept your. Maybe that's it. But on the other hand, I also really, I truly do think like, who knows, maybe something surprising will happen. I mean, think about how many fun, fun and not so fun surprises we've had over the past five years of American politics. You know, uh-huh. election night 2016, huge surprise for us. Uh, election, you know, Georgia Senate election, another big surprise. So it's kind of like, man, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Let me just park my money here and sit on my porch and watch the world go by. And if I lose $600, you know what I'll do, John? The next day I'll wake up and I'll go out and I'll earn $600. I'll take my ukulele down into the subway and play a selection of hits from the 80s, 90s, and today and make $600 in two hours. Speaking of, yeah, 50-50 elections, Bolsonaro in Brazil appears to have lost. Maybe that's another reason I'm feeling relatively sanguine, if that's the word about this election. It's like, oh, maybe it's not. Yeah, maybe we lose here, but we won in Brazil. Then Lula invades America on behalf of Brazilian leftists and the rainforest, and it's all good. That would be exciting. I'm really not freaked out the way I have been in the past, and I truly don't know why. Maybe my brain is melting or I'm in denial, but I really do feel, again, I just feel like, who knows, something surprising might happen, you know? Something surprising might happen. And also, I'll say something else. I know we're going to talk about canvassing later, but in all my years of canvassing, ever since 2008, I have never canvassed for a candidate who has lost. Okay? 2008, I was going to Pennsylvania canvassing for Obama from New York. What happened on election night? Obama won Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Then I canvassed for Delgado in New York State, and he won that seat. Mm -hmm. And then I canvassed for Hillary Clinton in New Hampshire. And she squeaked it. At, she squeaked by in New Hampshire too. Mm-hmm. I'm three for three when it comes to these candidates. Right. Do you recognize any anything about those places that that what it might be different than where you're canvassing now? No, because everyone who meets me is utterly charmed and delighted and convinced to vote as hard as they can for the candidate okay. that I'm talking to them about on their All front right. porch. Well, I think you. I think you're, you're. You're. This is a little more competitive turf. Here. More competitive than Pennsylvania in 2008. Uh, yeah. Then New Hampshire in 2016, she won that by like less than a point. Yeah, New Hampshire in 2016 was pretty close, but uh, for the most part, I think it's a it's a, you're you're in a tougher spot here because of all the candidates I have uh, canvassed for, I'd say most of them lost barely. Well, John, it's a good thing you were canvassing with me this time because you picked a winner. You it picked is. a winner. Yeah, I did. Okay. So I'm not well, worried we'll at see. all. Sherry Beasley, Sherry Beasley might surprise us, you know? Well, I'll just say this. If Sherry Beasley wins in North Carolina, it is going to be an ugly, ugly night for the Republicans. 
We'll see. Stranger Things have happened. Stranger Things on Netflix. Season four appearing now. Doritos, I think, right? I don't know. So basically, folks, if you were expecting John and I to spend this episode frantically repositioning our investments in, in on the eve of the um, midterms, that's not going to happen. I'm sitting put. I'm, uh, I'm invested in Democrats winning the Georgia Senate. Democrats winning the Arizona Senate, <laughs> Beto O'Rourke winning Texas governor. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Tim Ryan winning the Ohio Senate. Thank you, election profit makers billboards for swinging that election. Democrats winning the Pennsylvania governor's race and Democrats winning the North Carolina Senate race. On this rock, I stake my claim. I shall not move. On this rock, I build the cornerstone of my church and the cornerstone shall become the stepping stone. Do you know the Bible verse I'm trying to remember? Mm-mm. The... um. The foundation stone shall become the stepping. Anyway, I'm not, I don't want to blaspheme the Bible right now. Get canceled by the Pope, that hippie Pope. Got enough to worry about. John, let's do a vibe check in terms of Democrat funding emails. Yeah, I just got one from President Joseph R. Biden Jr. Tonight is the final deadline. We face an inflection point, one of those moments. Uh, so many. I do think there's going to be a reckoning when this election is over. If Raphael Warnock loses to Herschel Walker, I think they're going to I think they're they need to have a long hard look at how many fucking emails they sent out. You think that'll be the reason why? Yeah, I stop yeah, I would have donated so much more to Raphael Warnock if he had sent one email a week. But when you're actually getting like between the actual campaign and then all the packs, you're getting like literally 10 emails a day. Mm-hmm. You just start to think like, like it can't, you, I don't know. I, it, it, when we, compl- when I complained about this years ago, you said they must know what they're doing. They have to be smarter than you are. They know it no, works. No, that wasn't years ago. That was like two weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. See how yeah. many emails I've gotten? I've gotten an, a, a year's worth of emails in two weeks. I know. I know. I said they surely they know more than, than you do. But what if I they do. don't? No, I think I, I think you, you you may be right that they don't. If you're getting ten emails a day saying we're doomed, this is a crisis, we cannot win, we are sobbing. Right. I just checked the donor list. You haven't given us money. My arms and legs are falling off. I'm so upset. Then at some point it's like, well, all right, then it's too late to do anything. Like, why would I give you money then? Why would I throw money at a sinking ship? That's the vibe that they've had for months. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Subject line. Why? Subject line. Please. Subject line, how? Here's four I got yesterday. This one was from, <laughs> this is from an organization called protectvoting.org. But, they're, but the name they use on the email is failing in Georgia, subject line, a total disaster. Oh my God. Now, when I read that, it's like, okay, I guess it's too late. Here's one from um, timforohio.com. This is a Tim Ryan one, <laughs> subject line. The subject line is, ugh, we're screwing this up. Well, then why would I give you money? Why would I give you? There's a photo of a woman holding her head in her hands, looking at her laptop. The text says, I don't mean to cause any Sunday scaries, David, but I have some bad news. We're tracking well behind the pace we need to hit our $2 million end of month fundraising goal, and we're barely 24 hours away. Then I got another one from Tim from Ohio the same day. Subject line down in the dumps. Okay, now that was good. That made me smile because we're all a little Wait down. Wait a minute. I'm looking at this right now. This is real? I thought you look made Look at this. this photo. No, look at this photo of, of <laughs> subject line down in the dumps. And then there's a photo 
of Tim Ryan looking like the most divorced man who has ever lived. It yeah. looks like he is freebasing Billy Joel records. He's got his shirt untucked, unbuttoned. He's sitting in the corner of a conference room, staring despondently into the void. And then underneath it says, I'm not feeling so hot, David. <laughs> really? Uh, no shit, Tim. Come on, go look at our billboards. You need to pick me up. We're a little over a week away from election day, and yet we're still running behind on our end of the month fundraising goal. Could you do me a solid and chip in a match donation of a few dollar dollars to get us back on track? I don't know, man. Is this really the photo that you want to send out to encourage people to donate to your kid? This look, this photo looks like you would be donating to some guy who's drinking his life away at the end of the at the end of the bar. You know, like mm-hmm. this does not look like a worthy investment vehicle. Mm-hmm. down in the dumps. These are these are real emails that have come in in the last 24 hours to give us a sense of how the Democrats are playing on people's anxieties about the races tightening. I don't know, man. I mean, maybe they know more than we do, but the, none of these inspire confidence and none of these, n- n- the, the tone is so defeatist. It's like, well, why would I give money to you if you're basically saying, I'm a loser. <laughs> I'm a sad loser who can't tuck in his shirt. I'm sitting in a conference room thinking about the mistakes I've made. Why would I give them money? Yeah, I agree with you. It needs to be like, we've got this, but we need your help. Excited to destroy everything in my path. Yeah. We're coming from behind, but that's okay because you can stab people on the back from behind. It's extremely brutal. We need your money to buy our our blades of power or something, you Uh, know? uh Uh-huh. Or do like um, in the Avengers, they have these things, the Infinity Stones. We need to get the Infinity Stones so I can snap my fingers and have everybody disappear and go straight into hell. Okay. There's a superhero, and when he gets all these jewels on a glove, his name is um, Thanos. When he snaps his fingers, half the people go straight into hell, and they get tortured by the devil forever. Why don't we have some of that kind of spirit, some fighting spirit? I mean... These fundraising emails, it's like, listen, man, Raphael Warnock, good God. Anyway, all this to say, things are looking somewhat gloomy, but for some reason, Kid Midas is, maybe it's the, what did you say it was? The, the, not amphetamines, pheromones? The endorphins. The endorphins. I feel, I feel, I feel okay. You know, people ask me, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Say, I don't know. Maybe something surprising will happen. That's my analysis. But in terms of investment advice, I don't think I have any to offer our listeners. Mm. Are you going to be trading on actual election night as the returns come in? No, because Predicted always shuts down because they can't <laughs> seem to have the, enough servers and bandwidth. So, yeah, if you if you <laughs> get your trades in now, because there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to swing, you know, do any swing trades on election night. So what is going on with Predicted? What happened with this market, Calshi, and how does that affect Predicted? Is this the last election we'll ever have with Predicted? On Friday, the CFTC was supposed to rule on Calshi, and Bloomberg came out with a report that said the CFTC staff is recommending to the CFTC commission to vote against the Calshi application to let people bet on the outcome of the November elections. And this was a surprise to a lot of people because... Calshi had been advertising, you know, we're going to be, we've got this coming. They seemed very confident that uh, this was going to happen. They had hired a lot of former CFTC people to work for Calshi. They had raised a lot of money. 
But the report came out that, that the staff is recommending against it. Now, it's not clear if commissioners have ever overridden their staff before, but followers of these things are saying that it is unlikely for that to happen. It's a huge blow, not only to Cauchy, but also to the future of U.S. regulated political prediction markets for the near term anyway. In a Twitter spaces following this announcement, which is one of these places where everybody can talk to one another, um, you can join one of these Twitter spaces. Pratik Chakule, who has been following this closer than anyone that I've, I've seen, had a number of interesting comments. And he was asked from somebody in this spaces about the possibility of the CFTC perhaps allowing limited markets in the future or or now to continue to exist by issuing more no action letters like the CFTC did with predicted back in 2014. So here's the CFTC they've come out they said no, we're not going to allow these markets to to exist in terms of us regulating them. And then people are saying, well, maybe they'll allow them to exist in a limited function as they did with Predicted for a little bit of time with these no action letters. And Pratik said something that I hadn't thought of, and it's a very good point. He said, I think it's unlikely that that happens because you have Predicted now suing the CFTC for revoking its no action letter. So why would predict it go out and issue more no action letters? You mean why would the CFTC go out and issue more? So yes, why would the CFTC now and in the future go out and issue more no action letters to other new prediction markets if there's the potential that those prediction markets will then turn around and sue the CFTC if the CFTC changes its mind in the future. That there's no nothing good can come from it. And I, I think that's a pretty compelling argument that we may not even see limited betting because of this. You know, that this is bad for Kalshi, it's bad for predict it, it's bad for others that are trying to do it in academic spaces through no action letters and that for the foreseeable future, you may just have these political prediction markets all unregulated and, and, and pushed offshore. Um, and that's, uh, that's sad for a lot of people. Is it sad for you? Well, I mean, as you know, uh, we we have uh, mixed feelings about these things. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of burned out on the whole prediction uh, political markets. So I'm going to mispredict it, obviously. Uh, I am not excited about going to some unregulated market running out of the Cayman Islands. So, it, I mean, it was a surprise. It was a surprise to me. I really thought that Kalshi because they had all these former CFTC people. And maybe that was maybe I was dumb to think that, but I just thought, hey, this is how you, they're working the system. This will work out for them. And and because they were so confident, uh that made me have confidence in them that it would happen. This speaks to my point, John. Maybe something surprising will happen. This was a surprise. This could be the season of surprises. Yeah. You know, I think it was John Keats who described autumn as a season of mists and mellow fruitfulness, but maybe this autumn, it's a season of surprises and mellow fruitfulness. We'll see. 
We'll chalk up this Kelsey decision. Well, it hasn't come out officially, but so far, the Kelsey situation has been a surprising one. Maybe there are more surprises in store for us. Yeah. Think about that. Think about that. I will think about that. Quick Hollywood update. Didn't see any movies this week, but I did go to a terrific show. I actually went to a couple fun shows, but the one I want to recommend to our listeners, man, Mike invited me to go see this band, Melt Banana from Japan. They were big in the 90s. It's like crazy noise rock. Melt Banana? It looks like a button on a microwave oven, you know, where it says like, reheat soup, melt banana. I got to say, this band is still on tour. If you're in, let's see where they're going next. They're in the Southwest now and the and the West Coast. If you get to go see this band, go see this band. Maybe this is why I'm in such a good mood. I was really down in the dumps last week. I went to go see this Melt Banana show. It put me in the best mood. And yes, I brought my earplugs. Oh, and good. I'm very grateful I did bring my earplugs. This band is quite trebly and loud. What kind of earplugs? The ones that you kind of screw in or? No, they're like, they're not foam. They're like, one. I, they're semi fancy. I have no idea where they okay, came good. from. Good. You might have found good. them on the street. You might call them street plugs. And, and you, you st- it was still enjoyable. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I totally recommend it. If you've ever been intrigued by Melt Banana, it's it was so it wasn't pure noise. I thought it was going to be like a harsh noise concert. It's like pop music. It was like I was listening to this band. I was like, oh, this is where all these modern bands come from that are like so poppy and trebly and abrasive. It's from Melt Banana. It's terrific. Go see them. The end. That's the Hollywood update. Nice. John and I spent another weekend canvassing for Sherry Beasley in the North Carolina Dems with our old canvassing friend, Allison. John, this was a canvassing session for the ages. This was my fourth week in a row knocking on doors, spreading the word. We had some truly extraordinary um, situations. And the one I want John to speak to is the moment where John broke down. And I know this. I know it hurt for him to say this. I know it hurt his heart. He said, I'm thirsty. I could really use something to drink. <laughs> Total vindication. I started whooping okay. and hollering Look, in the back. This is a special circumstance. We're in, what's the name of it? Lake Forest, Forest Hills. Yeah, we're up around um, Timberline area. Yeah, Eastwood Lake. And this is, you know, it's a nice neighborhood, but it's so hilly. Every house is either a house on a hill or a house in a hole. And you have to climb down or climb up. And it's exhausting by the time you get back from either hanging your door knocker or talking to somebody. And I mean, I'm always exhausted from canvassing just from the social aspect of it. But this was truly a workout. So, yeah, I got I got a little thirsty. I, of course, because I love water and I'm a fiend for hydration, I had brought a bottle of water. And I offered John some water. He said, no, 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 I don't want water. I want Gatorade. Mm-hmm. He made Allison drive us to a gas station so that he could get a special Gatorade. Yeah, it was 50 miles away. It was really difficult. It was 150 miles away. It was really out of the way. And Estes Drive is one way at this point. So it's all messed up. But John didn't care. He was just like, I need Gatorade. I can't have water. Water will turn my bones to dust. I need Gatorade. We get to the gas station. And then Allison makes a request. What I thought was the most normal request in the world. John made it sound like she had requested something truly insane. And I would love to ask our listeners, is this a normal request? Say what Allison requested. Allison requested that I go into the gas station and buy her some Fig Newtons. And your brain exploded. Yes, that's it. That's the the request. And uh, I said, uh, they're not going to have that because it's not a it's a gas station. They have uh, Diet Coke and Gatorade and Five Hour Energy and Slim Jims and 
candy bars and crackers. And granola bars. And granola bars. They got lots of stuff. And once you have granola bars, you're in this you're in the Fig Newton space. Yeah. Yeah. They probably have Doritos and things of that nature. But um, you know, they probably don't have string cheese. I bet they don't have uh yogurt. And, uh, I, and I bet that they didn't have Fig Newtons, but I went in and asked, I said, do you have Fig Newtons? And they started laughing. I can't believe that's true. That actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. They were like Fig Newtons. I said, I know. It's so normal to have Fig Newtons at a gas station. I mean, to his credit, he came out and pretended to look, even though he knew there were no Fig Newtons. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So he came out and was like, well, uh, let's see. And I said, you don't have any Fig Newtons. You don't need to do this. And then we walked down all the different aisles and no, there were no Fig Newtons. So, but apparently you guys say in New York City, Fig Newtons is something that you have in, at your, your corner bodega. Right. What was the guy's excuse for not having that staple? He, he said, this is not a grocery store. Oh my God. You weren't asking for figs. No, no. Asking I was for not fig asking Newtons. for Fig Newtons. No, they, I'm sorry. All right. That's not something that you would normally have. Although, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe if we went to the next gas station, they they would have it. But I think it would have to be a pretty large gas station with, you know, one that's selling hot dogs and maybe he's got hamburger, you know, just like way more selection. Maybe that gas station is not as big as I thought it was. Yeah, but it's a typical, it is your typical gas station. And what what was the former name of this gas station? Fast food, snacks, beverages. Okay. So, I mean, there you go. If you know that name as part of this gas station's legacy, fast food, snacks, and beverages, you're going to be like, oh, there's some Fig Newtons hiding up in in this place. Yeah, there was not. If any listener comes across Fig Newtons in a, let's say, medium, normal sized gas station, that is not in New York City. And not in a bodega, a gas station. If you send me a photo of Fig Newtons in a gas station at contact at electionprofitmakers.com, I will truly Venmo you $20. I must prove to John. This is, this is, this is applicable for the first person who does this. Yeah, I think, and, and I think it's a possibility. I would, if somebody does this, I'd like an establishing shot of the gas station from outside. I would just like to see its size. Okay, that's fair. Uh, and if you could give us the exact location as well, so I can call and verify. <laughs> going to call the gas station and confirm that they have them in stock and this wasn't a staged photograph. Yes. All right, that's Fig Newtons in a gas station. Send any photo to contact at electionprofitmakers.com with an establishing shot of the gas station. If you are the first person to send in a photo, I will Venmo you $20 from the Election Profit Makers Venmo account. John, it's time to check in with some bad boys. It's been a hell of an autumn for bad boys. You know, this fall has seen the fall of some bad boys. Isn't that interesting, John? Uh-huh. This might be known as the fall of bad boys falls, if that makes sense. I want to just talk about a couple bad boys, some perennial favorites. I want to start with Alex Jones. You remember Alex Jones, right, John? He's kind of a DJ. Talks about stuff. Talk radio guy. Yeah. We have never, I think, officially mentioned on our podcast that Alex Jones now owes $965 million in damages to families of um, Sandy Hook victims. And I don't have much to say about it other than the fact that when they were reading out these damages, I was watching live and it was like so exciting. It was so much money. I couldn't wrap my head around it. It's almost a billion dollars. 
Yeah. You think he has that much money? I don't think he has that much money. He obviously has much more money than we thought because one of the revelations of the trials, he's constantly moving money around to hide his assets so he can claim bankruptcy and stuff like that. He also, I think a lot of people who, who, I think a lot of people who complain that this is a blow against free speech have forgotten to mention that like Alex Jones also completely did not comply with discovery. Like he was like skirting the law the whole time, you know, it's, it's, he's this guy, this guy is not Luke, Luke Campbell of two live crew. Okay. This guy is not a free speech warrior the way the two live crew were. (laughs) Wow. That's an oldie. Yeah, I'm taking it way back there. Remember yeah. when we all had, remember when remember when the the DA the, what was the yeah the orange guy Carl Fox I think we've talked about who's this a on the decent, podcast, he's a but, he's a decent guy yeah but Carl Fox came out he was obviously under some pressure right and was like yeah I'm banning this and we were like what here and Brian Brian I think skipped school and went to the record bar and bought a bought out their stock of as nasty as they want to be. And we all paid him for copies. And I held on to mine unopened. I finally sold that record uh, a few years ago. Mint condition, never opened. Two live crew, as nasty as they want to be, banned in Orange County, North Carolina, back in, what, eighth grade or whenever that record came out. Yeah. Anyway, that's not Alex Jones. $965 million damages. Just wanted to acknowledge. Just wanted to acknowledge that's a... That's a stunning loss for one of America's great bad boys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, speaking of financial devastation, when it comes to the monomaniacal dreams of bad boys, have you followed John? You've heard of Mark Zuckerberg, right? He made the face he made Facebook. Yep. He's got this new thing called Meta. Do you know what that is? It's a holding company for Facebook. Uh so so it includes Facebook.com and and um and uh Instagram and WhatsApp and everything else. But they're trying to focus on building this thing called the metaverse, which is all about virtual reality. If you've ever wanted to put on a huge clunky headset so that you can then attend a virtual meeting with your coworkers in a conference room, yeah, your time has come because that's what the metaverse is offering people, a way to make meetings more annoying and uncomfortable. <laughs> and for some reason, Mark Zuckerberg is convinced this is the future of technology. Yeah. And he has poured so much money. I didn't realize the amount of money that that he's pouring into his his vision here. It's billions. This is from the Financial Times today. Even after a slide that has wiped 74% from Meta's stock price in little over a year, investors and boardroom experts said there was little outsiders could do to prevent chief executive Mark Zuckerberg from using his majority control to plow ahead with a bet that has lost the confidence of Wall Street. Meta's shares tumbled 25% on Thursday after the company revealed that losses from Reality Labs, its division that is building the metaverse, would grow significantly in 2023 after reaching $9.4 billion in the first nine months of this year. Investors were also startled by another jump in capital spending that Meta said would consume as much as $39 billion next year, more than double the level of 2021. Mark Zuckerberg is going for it. I'm totally on his side. He's going to take down the whole world economy with this crazy vision. What what happened to him? He's monkey wrenching his own company. I don't know. But I, the whole thing makes me sad because I, I own the domain name virtualreality.org, which I think, frankly, is a pretty great domain name. Hmm. And if the metaverse is collapsing... 
that means VR is collapsing and that means the value of that domain name isn't so great. So, I mean, have you ever done this virtual reality? I've done the consumer, the consumer kind where you go down in a shark tank and then a shark swims at you and then you jump and knock over a coffee table. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it's fine. It's kind of fun. I mean, you, you, you might hurt yourself if, if there aren't people around to protect you, but uh, I'm not totally convinced that it's not going to be important at some point. I think, John, I am totally convinced it's not going to be important at some point okay. because we already have plenty of virtual worlds and, you know, immersive things like Second Life. Second Life is like from 1980. This stuff goes so far back. It might even be from 1968, Second Life. Yeah. That's... No one's good, but you have, you have to wear a DARPA, big huge... The, the, the um, yeah, ARPANET. That was, they, they did... <laughs> So yeah, yeah. DARPA had virtual reality back in 1846. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. You could pretend yeah. a to, lot of you people could pretend to drive a wagon across the country. Mm-hmm. I just don't think we're and maybe it'll maybe it'll be different when you can have virtual reality just inside a contact lens. But as long as you have to wear this huge headset like a dork all day, no one wants to do that. It gets uncomfortable. Okay. Just because Mark Zuckerberg isn't comfortable in the real world as a human among humans. He wants well, to you don't create, have to make it personal. I am making it personal because I think okay. most of these tech guys are like this. I don't need to put on a huge headset to go to a meeting in a conference room. I'll just do that with my own meat suit. You know what I would love, though? What? I would love to do canvassing in the metaverse. Yeah, that would be better. I, you're right. That actually. would be a lot better because you wouldn't have to climb those hills. Go canvassing in the metaverse. So meta is down 75%, but I think every single tech company is down 75%. Uh, because the you know the rates have risen and it's hurt the stock market. Everything is down. Every single company is down, with the exception of one company, which did not go down because the genius Elon Musk locked it in uh-huh. at a price of fifty four or fifty five dollars. Everyone else collapsed, but Elon Musk put in that bid and then tried to back out of it and then lost in court and had to buy it for $44 billion. And what company are we talking about here? We're talking about Twitter. We're talking about the bird, the bird being free. You're right. He said that, right? The bird is now free. He also said that comedy is now legal. Everybody have fun. Party, party. So this is another bad boy update. Elon Musk has triumphed. He's bought the world's most prestigious social media company, and the brand has never been better. It's about to be really nice. He completely owned the libs. Yeah, congratulations. that he definitely wanted to buy. I've deactivated my Twitter account. I have no use for... I'm not going to roll around in Elon Musk's diarrhea playground. You're still on Twitter. Has there been a change? Like, is the vibe different or your feed is so curated that it's all the same? It's just the same experience. For the last 10 years, the vibe on Twitter has become more difficult. But I would say that my experience hasn't gotten worse, but I've had to work a lot harder than I did 10 years ago to keep my experience even to what it was 10 years ago. Uh, I think Twitter as a whole is is worse. But if you're willing to do, do, do the work, it can still be a nice functional place where you can get lots of good information. There really can be. And I can't, so amazing. <clears throat> you can afford to leave Twitter. And I'm not going to 
I'm not going to judge you. You've got your Instagram friends and all your Hollywood friends and your, your, your various other projects. I, I don't have any of this stuff. I got this podcast and I got Twitter. I got nothing else. I can't, I can't leave Twitter as much as I would like to. So it makes me sad to see people leaving. Just Wait, are not you sad saying for you them. Need- it, it makes it, it's just sad for me. Are you saying you need Twitter as a news source or as an outlet for expressing stuff and sharing stuff? I don't, I'm not certain that I add that much to Twitter. Right. But then you don't need it. But Twitter adds things to me. There's just no place that I can go uh, and get these, you know, esoteric breakdowns on a specific county in South Dakota in real time, I just cannot go to the New York Times to find something like that on election night. I'm only going to find that on Twitter. And that's not saying that sometime in the future, I might not be able to find that at some other place you know, in Discord or something like that. But as it is today, Twitter is the only place that you can find that real time, specific information in in the obs- obsessions that we have in, on certain topics. So for me, I can't give it up. Is it Twitter a lot funnier now that comedy is legal again for Elon Musk? I mean, that was a pretty funny tweet, right? You mean his tweet? His tweet. I laughed. I don't think you were supposed to laugh, though. I think you were supposed to breathe a huge sigh of relief and throw up prayers for free speech warrior Elon Musk. I mean, it, look, it sucks that he runs the company now. Uh, but he's always been this big tro- – him just being a terrible tweeter and out there – trolling everyone isn't really any different than when he didn't own the the company. And I'm not saying that he's not going to destroy it. And if he does and makes it so it is unbearable, I will be leaving. But at this time, I just can't afford to leave. I wonder what's going to happen with Twitter, because you also told me that people are going to have to start paying for their blue check marks. Yeah, I, that's not going to go uh, particularly well. Does he think um, that's going to be like a revenue source for them? People paying for blue check marks? Yeah, I mean, it'll be some revenue. I don't think it's going to be a game changer. But I also heard he asked all the computer programmers at Twitter to print all their print out all their code so he could review it on pieces of paper. Yeah, I does don't he know how to code computers? I don't know. I think we're going to be hearing a lot of crazy things. Uh, and but I do have a prediction. I'm going to predict that he is not going to allow Trump back on. I think that is the one thing he could do that people will in mass say, bye, we're out. That's fascinating because he's going to be getting so much pressure from his right wing fanboys to let King Trump back on Twitter. If he doesn't let he's in an. Yeah. He's in a bad situation then. He's in a terrible situation. He's got to let Trump back on Twitter or else he's going to get hounded forever from people for it. I don't think he's going to do it. All right. That's a good prediction. That's a strong prediction. He'll do plenty of other bad things, but that he won't He won't do. I predict he and Trump will reach a backroom deal where he formally invites Trump back on Twitter and then Trump says, I would love to, but I'm fully committed to Truth Social, so I'm going to stay where I am. Thank you very much. And they will both make that agreement public because it serves both of their interests. That's my prediction. Okay. That's a good prediction. Thank you. 
My other prediction is that Barack Obama is going to stay on Twitter and just start trolling Elon Musk relentlessly until Elon Musk has to ban Barack Obama. I was thinking about this last night and getting so excited. Like Barack Obama just like really tests the bounds of, of free speech, you know, like <laughs> he just like every day tweeting to Elon Musk in all caps, like suck my dick, Elon <laughs> Michelle and Barack I are so o- proud of so proud of the young Americans who are showing up to forge a better future. And by the way, this is day sixty four of Elon Musk not sucking my dick like he wants to. <laughs> what? Come on, <laughs> Obama, just play against type for once. I mean, that would be troll level. Oh my! God. Beyond all human comprehension. Okay, well, if that happens, he probably would let Trump back on because, yeah, everything he would, would have need all... someone to go up against Obama. Yeah, everything would have broken down at that point. Is there any world in which you could convince Obama to do that? There's probably not, right? To leave Twitter? No, to start trolling Elon Musk in like gross way like that. <laughs> Just being a real stinker, being a real little stinker. Dark Obama. No, no, okay. Obama would never ever do that. All right, I withdraw my prediction. Party, party. The last bad boy to talk about, obviously, is Kanye West. The only thing I want to say about Kanye West is last night I had a dream that he was walking down the street and he was with a huge entourage. And I said, fuck you, Kanye, your beats suck. That's pretty good. (laughs) That's such a corny dream. Why did I dream that? Why did I bother dreaming that? I guess I'm just a basic bitch, (laughs) John. Oh, we just wanted to celebrate the, the bad boys. Always got to celebrate these bad boys. We wish them all the best. I know they're struggling out there. Some of them are really struggling. So hang in there, bad boys. Hang in there. John, it's time for an ACC football update. Take it away. Hey, you know what? I predicted Carolina was going to lose this weekend, and uh, Carolina did not. Uh, Carolina was favored by three points and ended up, you know, stinking for three quarters and then scoring 28 straight four touchdowns in a row to end up beating the Pitt Panthers by 18 points. It was, um, yeah, it was. They really really, scored four touchdowns in a row? Yeah, yeah, four four touchdowns in a row. John was texting like crazy with all our high school dude friends about something happening in football. I was in the midst of enjoying a Black Sabbath tribute band at a Halloween show, so I was not keeping up on these texts because I was enthralled to the sounds of such hits as Sweet Leaf and War Pigs by the immortal Black Sabbath. They really scored four touchdowns in a row? Yeah. Uh, Drake May had 388 yards, five TDs, zero interceptions, 61 yards rushing, 449 total yards. He leads the country in touchdowns and total offense. And uh, Carolina will be heading to Charlottesville to take on, uh, you know, cellar dweller UVA next week. But that is a place that Mac Brown has never won. So um, I'm going to predict that the curse of Charlottesville will be broken next week and that Carolina will go on to be eight and one. And right now they're ranked 15th in the coaches poll and 17th in the Associated Press. So they are the second highest ranked ACC team right now. Uh, I think Clemson is ranked number five still. So that's pretty good for UNC then. Are you happy? Yeah, it's great. It's great. And if Duke can win next weekend, you will have a situation where the big four here in the ACC, here in North Carolina, Duke, NC State, Wake Forest, and UNC 
will all be bowl eligible, and it will be the first time in the history of these schools where all four will end up going Ooh. to a bowl in the same year. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. There you go. ACC football. Yeah. It's decent this year. It's okay. This here is Satch with your Gator football update. Uh, Mom made a beautiful dinner of chicken thighs in a creamy mustard sauce, uh, sweet potatoes, roasted veggies, and for dessert, a mixed berry pavlova. It was so good. Oh, my. It was good. The thing that wasn't good was that the Gators had to play number one Georgia. And although we did have a pretty nice third quarter, that was only 25% of the deal. And we lost 42 to 20. So, yep. That's it. I want to thank everybody who reminded me that... um, um Last week, I misspoke when I said I had never fallen for an internet scam before I gave all my personal information to a fake version of DreamHost, and now I'm still dealing with my bank, the aftermath of that. Uh, Someone reminded me that uh, last fall, it was just about a year ago, John, when I thought I was ordering a drum machine at an impossibly low price from Wuhan, China. And lo and behold, when the package finally arrived, I realized they had sent me an oven mitt. And that instead of underpaying for a drum machine, I had overpaid for an oven mitt. Fortunately, PayPal gave me my money back immediately, and it did not lead to any additional fallout. Um, But I do want to acknowledge that, yes, I have been scammed more than once, and um, not sure what to to make of that. Not sure what to make of that. Something for me to consider as we enter the autumn, as the weather cools and we spend more time in our dens and snuggling under blankets. This is something that can be reflected upon in my mind in front of a roaring fire. Oh, okay. Ija writes in, I'm a listener from the Netherlands and currently on holiday in Tucson, Arizona. What a trip this state is. Beautiful landscapes and nature on one hand, some crazy political situations on the other. As an outsider looking in, I find it fascinating and frightening at the same time. Listening to the EPM podcast while being in the U.S., keeps me tuned in regarding American politics, it somehow adds something extra listening while being more or less in the same time zone. I'm staying with extended family, and because they donated to the Mark Kelly campaign, I was offered to come with them to a Mark Kelly fundraiser in Tucson. While Kelly was answering questions from the audience, a SpaceX rocket launched from Vanderburg Air Force Base in California. We all watched it while the rocket soared through the sky. It was such a great view. Mark Kelly, who came across as a down-to-earth guy, informal and sympathetic, started explaining how launches work, sharing his knowledge. It was a great event, and I'm so happy I got to be there. Tucson is probably not that impressive when it comes to skylines. I loved it, but that's probably because we don't have a lot of skylines in the Netherlands. Rotterdam is the only city approaching something of a skyline and maybe the financial center of Amsterdam called Dezudis. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Also, um, I love your podcast and the EPM Discord community. Uh, Thank you, Ija. Um, I had to look up the Rotterdam skyline, which I have seen before, and I got to say, it is very impressive. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially for 
for Europe, but Ouch. it's got 34 buildings over 300 feet. Now, to put that in comparison, Charlotte has a little more than that. It has 42 buildings, but Charlotte's one of the best skylines in the U.S., and Charlotte is twice the size uh, as Rotterdam. So that pound for pound is a very impressive skyline. I would love to go check it out. Yeah, they also have a suspension bridge that kind of looks, this looks pretty good. I'm impressed by the Rotterdam skyline. And also, Ija, I'm, I was impressed by your domain name that you have, ytje.com. It's a four-character domain name. Yeah, yeah. Sean, why don't all, you explain all. the significance of that? Yeah, yeah. There's just not very many of those out there. So that's a valuable name. John, we got an email a couple weeks ago from Amanda who writes, as a parent of a current Elon student... I've been waiting for you to mention how well your alma mater's football team has been doing this year. Folks should know that John attended Elon University and has no relation to the current owner of Twitter. It's a university in North Carolina. We visited Elon this past weekend and the team looks great. Undefeated, ranked, and number two in the CAA deserves a mention, right? John, have you been following your alma mater's football team? Uh, No. I mean, as you know, I can only follow one football team at a time, and that that's UNC. So I looked this up, and I think it's possible that Amanda may have jinxed Elon by sending this email because Uh-oh. the next two games following this, uh, Elon was defeated by Rhode Island and then New Hampshire. But last week, Elon was able to beat Delaware. So they're still having a, a decent season. All right. Uh, that's all. I, yeah. Go, go Elon football. Tell you know, us they, a fun they, memory from Elon. Uh, huh. About, about football? Just about anything. Let people know a little bit more about who you are and what your story is. Well, Elon is a, is a great university if you are studying communications. It is probably the top university outside of UNC for communications and North Carolina. And, uh, you know, you get a lot of more hands-on work at Elon than you would at UNC. Wes Durham, who is the son of the former voice of the Tar Heels, Woody, Woody Durham. Durham. Uh, Wes Durham attended Elon, and he was one of the main reasons why I decided to go there. He is now the voice of the Atlanta Falcons and also does a lot of play-by-play on television as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a good school, and I recommend it. It's an even better school today than it was when I went there. Thank you, John, for such a personal and revealing story about your time at Elon College. I, I, <laughs> I'm sure listeners like, find you much more relatable now. Okay, well, when I was at Elon, I thought you'd be like, "There's I, this one I, time I, where we stole the provost car and we put it on top of a roof, no, and then we I sent a fake tell. ransom letter, and then we went and we all ate eggs all night. We ate so many eggs. That's fine. No. I don't mean to put you on the spot. All right." Your story in its own way was revealing and personal because it's what you chose to share with an audience of strangers. So that's good. Okay. I went I went uh, at Oberlin College, which is where I went to college. Not that anyone's asking, but it is a pretty good college. I once uh, streaked nude through the uh, town square. So that's a cool little fact about me. Yeah. But I didn't did do I didn't do it at when I was a student. I did it at a reunion. And also, don't forget, David Bowie went and saw the Pixies when they played at the gym in Oberlin. Oh, and that reminds me that someone wrote and said that um, the reason David Bowie 
probably was at that Pixie show in Oberlin. I just remembered they sent this in weeks ago is because David Bowie's son, who is Duncan Jones and John, remember we watched that movie moon mm-hmm. with uh Starly when we were doing a Patreon about movies, about people who are lonely in space. Yeah. Duncan Jones, the guy who made that movie is David Bowie's son. And he was attending, I think it's Worcester college in Ohio. Mm-hmm. So David Bowie might've been visiting his son and then heard that the Pixies were playing Oberlin and so drove over to see the Oberlin show. So that might solve the mystery of why David Bowie was hanging out in the back of the gym at Oberlin watching the Pixies when my friend Carrie bummed a cigarette from him and it probably had the greatest smoke of her life hanging with David Bowie. Okay. I just thought of an Elon story. So when I was a freshman oh, shit. Here uh, we go. at Elon, I believe it was my freshman year, uh, both Bill Clinton and George Bush came through Elon within a week of one another, uh, you know, just um, campaigning for the 92 election. And that was very cool. I was able to shake Bill Clinton's hand. And then a week later, uh, President Bush came through. He came through on a train, these railroad tracks, Mm. Amtrak goes right by. So I I was not able to shake his hand, nor, nor would I probably have. Um, But in the end, um, Bush ended up carrying North Carolina barely, but that was a very close election. Another intimate portrait from the diaries of John Kimball at Elon College. Yes, yes, it was, and Bill Clinton was on the cover of the of the uh, the cover. That's what they say for the New York Times. He was on the front page of the New York Times wearing an Elon hat. Okay, this is that. That's a little. That's TMI. It's getting a little personal, a little okay, awkward here. Right. The intimacy is just, that's a lot. But I wasn't in the photo. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Election Profit Makers. You, you won't hear from us again until until after the midterms. And again, I'm just going to, I'm just in full on YOLO mode. I'm not reinvesting anything. If I go down, let me flame out with a huge, huge multiple hundred dollar loss. I do not care. But on the other hand, I do think surprising things can happen. Surprising things have been known to happen and may well continue to happen into the future. Yeah, you're going out on a limb with that prediction. I am. It's a it's a crazy prediction, but I feel I feel it's warranted. Um, so good luck to everyone out there who's investing in the midterms. If you're going to be investing actively on election night, watch out for predicted crashing as you're trying to ride waves of re- different returns coming in and people maybe overreacting to um, precinct results or whatever. But as I said, I'm I, I'm steadfast. I stand athwart history yelling, stop. I'm not moving shit. I'm just going to take my lumps. All right. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash election profit makers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Reminder, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or Overcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good midterms, everybody. We hope we have slaked your thirst. Bye. Water, number one. Still can't be defeated. Mm. Number one liquid of all time, water, H2O. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, it's in most things, so you can drink Gatorade and it's mostly water. So.